Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hi everyone and welcome to our very first new episode with Worst Girl Gang Ever and we're so lucky here today to have Lucy with us from Rainbow Running Club. Hi Lucy. Hello lovely ladies, thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to have you here. We are hoping that you're going to tell us a little bit about your story through infertility and miscarriage. Can you start us from the beginning? Yes of course. So my journey for want of a better word even though I hate that one Mm. (laughs) and started uh, just after I turned 30 when we decided that we wanted to start trying to have a baby and initially we got pregnant quite quickly within a couple of months and at seven weeks I started bleeding and went into complete panic mode Um, yeah of course we went to hospital and we had a scan and they said that the baby was measuring small naively I thought oh maybe I've just got my dates wrong or I didn't really know what that meant just hoping Um, for the best as well I guess aren't you yeah it does happen doesn't it yeah exactly because no one really knows exactly when they've ovulated so I thought you know maybe I am two weeks behind by what I thought yeah Um, and I remember we both sat outside the hospital and kind of like oh, well, at least the baby's still there. So, you know, we felt relieved. And then that evening when we were at home, I started to get really bad cramp. And I kind of knew then that that was probably going to be the end. Right. And then I went to bed and finally managed to get some sleep. And I just woke up in excruciating pain. So we went back to A&E, but they weren't able to confirm if I had had a miscarriage at that point. They said I'd have to come back in another week for a scan because there was too much bleeding to be able to tell. And all that week must have been torture. It was, although I think I knew that... Right no way that there could still be a baby in there from the cramps and the bleeding yeah but you still hold on to a little bit of hope I Mm. guess when the professionals are saying oh we need to wait we need to wait as well that that instills a bit of hope inside you doesn't it it did yeah so it was a difficult week so we went back for the scan and it confirmed that I had had a miscarriage and it really although I knew that miscarriages could happen you don't expect that it could happen 
happened to you. Mm. Um, and I didn't know anybody else that had been through a miscarriage. So I didn't really know what was normal and how, how you were supposed to feel and how much time you should take off work and all of these things. So mm. I remember ringing the doctors and they said that they would sign me off for two weeks. So I decided that I would take those two weeks off work and then I went back to work. A couple of months later, we decided that we would try again to have a baby. And then what followed was two years of absolutely nothing happening, wow. uh, which was just really difficult to deal with because I never you know I'd got pregnant within a few months so I then didn't expect to felt like I'd been dealt like yet another cruel fate but now I couldn't get pregnant again and everyone tells you to relax and to not think about it but once you've decided that you want to have a baby that's all you can think yeah about. yeah of course and just consumes just, you doesn't it it does it's mm. just all you, every month that roller coaster of am I pregnant aren't I pregnant all those pregnancy tests so eventually I was diagnosed with secondary infertility which also didn't make much sense because I didn't have a baby so mm. it was unexplained infertility so we got to the point where we're about to start IVF treatment on the NHS and then they changed the ruling where we lived and you had to be trying for three years from when I lost my baby oh. and at that point I, we couldn't, I couldn't go through another year so we were in the fortunate position that we were able to go privately so we had IVF our first round of IVF got cancelled because after egg collection, I developed ovarian hyperstimulation. And what does that mean for those who don't so know? It's when they retrieve the eggs, the sacs that the eggs were growing in fill up with fluid. And both of my ovaries were like the size of grapefruits. And it was excruciatingly <sighs> painful. I couldn't move. I couldn't eat. Oh. I couldn't it was just horrendous. Was it because of the medication that they gave you for the IVF? That's what yeah, it, yeah. Is that co a common factor in IVF? It can be. Some right. people are at high risk. I wasn't at high risk, but it's just how my body reacted to the hormones. Mm. What treatment did you have to have following the diagnosis? So I had to have anti-sickness injections because I couldn't eat or drink anything um, and then they advised that if I if they were to do the transfer and I was to get pregnant that it would could continue for the next three months and right. there was no way like I couldn't get in any of my clothes I couldn't move I couldn't sleep I couldn't do anything I just right. knew that it wasn't the right decision to go ahead no, with absolutely a transfer so everything went on hold so yet again it was like we got so close and then it was all taken away again um, and it took a good few months to recover. And then we started a frozen cycle and that um, resulted in our daughter. Um, but even that was quite fraught in the beginning because at seven weeks, again, I started bleeding really heavily. And this time much more heavily than I had when I had my first miscarriage. Really? So I was in a complete and utter panic because I just thought, yeah, I've gone through all of this and now I'm going to lose the baby again so thankfully I was due to see the clinic the next day anyway for my scan so we went in fully expecting that it was going to be bad news again and miraculously there was a baby with a heartbeat relief but I, it was such such a relief but I had a blood yeah. clot in my womb and that was what was bleeding and right. they said that I had to literally go home and do nothing to wait for it to dissolve. Otherwise, it could take everything with it. So how long were you on bed rest for? So they said for the next three weeks. 
Okay. Um, which was really, really, really tough. Yeah. And when they say bed rest, literally getting up to go to the toilet and that's it. Yeah, because they said if I walked around too much, it could just cause everything wow. to go. So it was ter- I was so frightened to do anything. And every yeah. day felt such an incredibly long day trying to just get mm-hmm. to the end. And because I was still bleeding, you just, you just didn't know what was going on. So you didn't stop bleeding in that time? No. Wow. So when did you stop bleeding? How many weeks pregnant were you? I think even when I went to my 10-week scan, I was still having some bleeding, but it had right. it had slowed down by that point. We went back at 10 weeks and thankfully the baby was okay and growing and bleeding, I think, stopped more or less around that point. Okay. So then, How was the rest of your pregnancy? Really, really anxious. Yeah. I was yeah. terrified constantly that any moment something was going to go wrong. So it wasn't it's so hard because it's something that I wanted for so long yeah I really wanted to desperately enjoy every moment of it but I was terrified the yeah. whole time sure. I don't think I really relaxed until she was born yeah and was she born um tell us about the, her birth was that straightforward or early or late or so she was born on her due date wow that doesn't yeah. happen off <laughs> she tried me. she tried to come out a bit earlier my waters broke but then I didn't go into labor so then I ended up having to be induced so I didn't really have the the labor that I had wished for either mm-hmm. um yeah I had a vision there was so much put on you to have like a natural birth and not to have drugs and not all of this yeah well I think this whole the whole sort of female childbirth you know getting pregnant everything is we're just hit in the face by social conditioning from Mm. almost childhood you know when we start our periods it's like boom and and we have all these expectations and actually realistically most of the time they're not fulfilled or, and, and things are very different in the end she arrived and she was safe and she was yeah. well so you know it wasn't the best I wished for but all that mattered was that she was okay and then I felt like I could breathe again <laughs> so tell us a bit about Rainbow Running Club so um following my daughter's birth um just before her first birthday I found out that I was pregnant naturally, which came as a huge surprise because I think because it hadn't happened naturally before, well, I, I just didn't think it would happen naturally mm. again for us. Um, so yeah, it was a real shock. And I was like, oh my goodness, we're going to have two very young children here. What, what are we going to do? But again, we got to seven weeks and I started bleeding and I miscarried at home. And this time I knew that it was that was the end when I went for the scan it wasn't really a surprise when they said that there was nothing left and I had had a miscarriage and Um, did you did you know that because a lot passed or there was a lot of bleeding did you have the same pain as before yeah it was really painful and I just yeah felt that it after having had a baby it then it felt it feels like you're having contractions and that okay yeah Mm. So yeah, that was really shocking. And that was just like a week before um, our daughter's first birthday. So then I kind of threw myself into throwing this immense first birthday party because it just made, even though we already knew she was a miracle, it just felt even more so like we were so, so lucky to have her. So yeah. To anybody from the outside, it probably looked like I'd gone overboard, but every, I just put everything into that birthday yeah. party. Yeah. It was just my way of dealing with it. All. Yeah, a distraction from everything else going on. Yeah. Mm. 
So then we decided we did really want to have another baby. So we started trying again and we're fortunate that we got pregnant again naturally um, a couple of months later. And we made it to seven weeks and we had a seven week scan and there was a baby with a heartbeat, a strong heartbeat, which was incredible. And it was so lovely because we went to the fertility clinic and they did all the early scans and all the nurses were so lovely and they were all coming in to see me and to give me hugs and to say how happy they were for us. And my husband was like, look, you can relax now. You know, we've got a heartbeat. We've yeah. made it through that hurdle. Yeah, of course. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe this time this will be our lucky our lucky turn and we'll maybe third time lucky or fourth time lucky and then we went to our 10 week scan and I'd been feeling really sick and my stomach was starting I felt like it was starting to pop and I really felt so pregnant and so tired and yeah the doctor started scanning me and I knew instantly before he even said anything that something was wrong because I could tell that he was struggling to find the baby and yeah he told us that the baby had actually stopped growing probably a week after our seven week scan that was just such a shock yeah it just felt like life's so unfair how how can this keep happening surely we'd serve a break you know yeah yeah it's just not fair and I I was just devastated and I just I didn't know what I was going to do because I just thought being through two losses in within six months I've spent five months pregnant and yeah I've got nothing to show for this and yeah I just I was really lost and I lost and I, and I just felt like I'd spent five years in this cycle of trying to have a baby mm. and I'd completely lost myself in this cycle because you put your life on hold as well don't you, you do you're frightened to say yes to anything to do anything so I decided that I needed to start I needed to find who I was again and to try and make myself feel better um, and I'd put on quite a bit of weight and I was feeling quite self-conscious. So I decided that I was going to start running, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I'm not a sporty person. So this was a new thing for me to do. So I downloaded Couch to 5K and I started running. It was really, really hard at the beginning. Like a minute felt like I was running for such a long time that I stuck with it. And slowly as the weeks went by, my the time I could run for increased and I just felt so excited that like every time I come back I'll be like wow I yeah. ran for 10 minutes today without stopping <laughs> did and you go did you just go on your own or did you find someone who wanted to run with you no because I've never classified myself as a sporty person I didn't want to run with anybody else right so I didn't enough. want to hold anybody else up and I felt really self-conscious um so I just went on my own and actually I really enjoyed the time on my own just mm. to kind of switch off and give my mind a rest and yeah so I got to 5k and I was like wow the buzz of the endorphins when I get back from a run are just amazing and I'd never believed the hype around endorphins before but now I was the person that came back feeling so high and happy and slowly I felt like I'd found something that was just for me outside of everything else I'd found myself again brilliant and I just thought if running can make me feel like this, then I can't be the only person that is going through these experiences. 
and maybe I can share my experience with other women to help them to feel less alone. So I spoke to my friend and I said, I've got this idea to start a running club for women who have experienced loss um, or are going through infertility, just because I want to share this like newfound love of running and yeah. be able to help other women. Do you think it's a silly idea? And she was like, no, I think it's an amazing idea and I'll do it with you. And I was like, really? You want to do it with me? And she's like, yeah, of course, I think it's brilliant and I'll support you every step of the way. So with her encouragement, I felt like, okay, maybe I can do this. So I set up my Instagram account and our website at the end of July last year. And we had our first run planned for September. I wanted to make sure that it was an event that was open to everybody. So regardless of what stage you you are at in your experiences, um, whether you're in the midst of it all or whether it's in the past. Um, and I also wanted it to be that it, although we are a running club, you don't have to run to come. You can walk, run, jog. It's just about getting together and yeah. chatting to women who understand. And so that's what I set about doing. And I didn't really expect, I wasn't really sure that anybody else would be interested or want to join me. But we had 25 women turn up to our first run in Hartford, which was it's a great turnout. It was incredible. Like I thought maybe if one or two women came, then, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah. So, it really blew me away and I don't think I realized how much I needed the connection of other women who had been through similar situations oh Mm. yeah there's it's it's just amazing isn't it just to be able to speak to people who understand and that that really get it it is it's honestly life-changing because Mm. you do feel so alone in what you're going through and just speaking to others and being like oh you feel that way too I'm not the only person yeah it's just makes such a huge difference so the rainbow running club has sort of expanded hasn't it there's all sorts going on now so tell us a bit about all of the other the other aspects so quite quickly um lots of women from across the country got in touch and said that they would like to set up runs where they are so I would either go and help them start up their first run or they would run them independently I would advertise everything so it's all on the website so wherever you are you can log in and see what's going on and then we started doing yoga classes as well because I found that yoga really helped me as well because there's this real disconnect I think when you're going through um, infertility and loss where your mind and your body become kind of conflicted with each other and I felt like yoga gave you a chance to try and reconnect and to just be balanced yeah to balance so we started doing yoga and that was really popular and then we had the idea to combine the yoga and the running to do a retreat day in London which we held in February so we started with what about the cake you haven't oh yeah no I haven't mentioned the cake have I um yeah so all of our events we always have cake so that's the we get out, we do the exercising part, which really breaks the ice, I think, and gets everyone relaxed. And then we go to a lovely cafe and have amazing cakes. And where do you, where are they running? I know that they're every month, aren't they? Well, when this, yeah, uh, so, when yeah. COVID finishes. Yeah, pre-COVID. <laughs> we, we had runs once a month across the country. So we have one in Leamington Spa. We've got a team in Sheffield, Manchester. Gosh, now I've got to remember everyone. Literally, (laughs) 
so they're springing up all over the country yeah, so that's brilliant I would try and go to different places to go to those um, and then to do the yoga once a month as well but in light of the current situation obviously all of our real life meetups have been put on hold so then it was trying to think how we could all stay connected whilst we couldn't meet up so we've now started doing online midweek mindfulness events on a Wednesday evening where we practice yoga or um, guided meditations and they've been really wonderful there is a real sense of connection that can still be felt even though we're not physically together the reviews of that have been fantastic haven't they yeah I think we've all really needed it it's provided us all with a lovely time to ourselves and like you say that connection when you're otherwise stuck at home not seeing anybody no exactly and I always feel so much better afterwards just for having spoken to other people outside of my household as well (laughs) and how would you get involved in that if someone wants to get involved what do they do so if someone would like to come along, um, all the events are listed on our website, which is rainbowrunningclub.co.uk. And on there is all the details of everything that's going on at the moment. And also there's a page that lists the Rainbow Running Club team. So you can see if there is currently a group set up in near or close to where you live and who you need to get in touch with if you're interested in joining them. Oh, fab. That's great plan is to continue midweek mindfulness online for as long as everybody wants to be a part of it because I think it's been a fantastic opportunity for us all to connect wherever we are in the country which we wouldn't have had before and I think it's really lovely being able to just do a yoga class in your lounge or have a guided meditation in your bed and then just go to bed (laughs) and then you you can be in your pjs and you know (laughs) So I think that the appeal for that should hopefully still be there even when we can start returning to some normality, especially in the winter when it's dark and miserable. You can oh, just yeah. stay at home and be cosy at home in your PJs. Lovely. Yeah. Absolutely. And does that run on Zoom? Yeah, we do it on Zoom. Okay, perfect. So yeah, and then I really hope that in the next month or two, the real life meetups can resume so we can start running and walking together again. I'm not sure about the cake part for the moment, but I <laughs> at least start getting getting together again. Maybe you could have a bring your own cake type yeah, thing. Yeah, that was a thought. Part. We can. <laughs> the last time we spoke, um, I think you promised us that you were going to set up a netball team. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> yeah, I think I told you both that I would be the worst netball player going. It's okay. Have... We said we'll run it for you. <laughs> yeah, I have no coordination, and I think that's the thing that I. I still struggle with the fact that when people say about, oh, you're running, you know, you have a running club and I feel somewhat of an imposter because <laughs> I'd really, I'm not a sporty person, but somehow you I'm clearly are. Running. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of it though, that especially with exercise, it's so good for your mental health and you don't have to be a, an athlete to, to strap on a pair of strap on. You can tell I'm not an athlete <laughs> to put on a pair of trainers and, and get out there do you you can do it from anywhere it's free and that's the thing the 5k app is a yeah. really good place to start isn't it it is because i think it's really daunting you put your trainers on and then you're like now what do i do yeah. and every time i try and just go for a run 
I'd get really disappointed because I couldn't go very far but actually just starting off with those small steps and it's just amazing because if you've got 20 minutes or 15 minutes or a spare moment in your day you can just put your trainers on Mm. and go out the door you haven't got to go to a class you haven't got to pre-book anything you can just get out and go pay a gym membership no five pounds a month to not go ever no and then to feel guilty that you've never but you don't go. <laughs> you go twice in January and then that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that I had the news from, from my gym that they're opening again on the 25th and I was a bit like, oh, that means I'm going to start feeling guilty again. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the thing, there is so much. I find that every time that I think of going for a run, there's so many things that, oh, I'm too tired or I can't be bothered or I can't do this. But I know if I push through that, you never come back and regret that you've gone No, But it's really hard to go. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the getting out there, isn't it? But the motivation okay. to do your running club amongst women who have the same pain as you that must be huge to kind of meeting up of, of minds and, it and makes, then eating cake. Eating cake. It makes the running go That's faster. That's your motivation, well. right? Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> and there's no pressure when you come, like you don't have to run or you can, we're not like, oh, we're off on a 5K run and everyone's got to keep up. It's not like that. I have visions of dreadful PE lessons at school. Like no one is going to be left behind or made yeah. to feel like they they can't do it because it takes an immense amount of courage just to come along because it's really daunting stepping out because so much of what we go through is hidden and we don't share it with the outside world. Absolutely. Really frightening to put yourself out there. So I'm really conscious that if anybody, you know, makes that decision to come, that they're made to feel really welcome. Yeah. They don't feel like, oh gosh, I'm slowing everybody down. I can't keep up or, you know, I really don't want anybody to feel like. And you said last time that you have, so you go off with the runners usually, and then you have someone else that walks as well. So it's not like you even can get left behind because you've got someone supporting both groups. Yeah. Try to do that at all of our runs so that there's always somebody that stays with the person who wants to walk or the people who want to walk so no one gets lost or left behind. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. And it's funny, me and my friend Gemma do it together and she nominated me to be the running one. And I was like, You're much fitter than I am. Why do I have to be the one that does the running? She's like, No, but it's your running club. You have to run. Yeah. You have to be out the front, surely. Yeah. To be sprinting. Yeah. (laughs) Fabulous. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about your story and particularly about the Rainbow Running Club. Absolutely. Uh, I hope that lots of people are interested and get in touch with you. Just think, ladies, you get to meet up with like-minded people, go for a walk in the park and eat cake. What is not to like? What's not to like? We'll definitely be at your next one in our area. Yes, definitely. I'm really looking forward to seeing you both. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks Thanks again. Thank you. We'll um, link your details in the post so people can get in touch with you there. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And thank you guys so much for listening in we will be back next week bye hi 
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.